Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual path of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that is familiar to many today, but not all are familiar with its deepest meaning and intent, which is oneness, signifying union or unity, bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our spiritual nature, being restored to our original wholeness. Yoga is self knowledge or self-realization. It's knowing our true spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. Today's topic is universality, harmony, and peace, the vision of Swami Vivekananda. On January 12th, just two days away from now, 2013, people all over the world will begin a year-long celebration of the 150th birth anniversary of Swami Vivekananda. Today, we'll have an inspired glimpse into the person of Swamiji and the principles he taught, his his speech and spiritual presence at the first World Parliament of Religions in 1893 is uh, credited with opening the door to interreligious dialogue and interest in Vedanta in the West. He was the first spiritual ambassador from India to the U.S., who brought the science of spirituality and yoga to the West. And still today, his voice and spirit ring out around the world. We are blessed today to have joining us Swami Prasanatmananda, a fully ordained monk and active minister of the Ramakrishna Order. He received his monastic ordination in 1995 after years of extensive spiritual practice and uh, scriptural training. His 26 years of ministerial service has included a wide range of duties, uh, scriptural duties, sacred worship, chanting, congregational prayer, meditation, and providing personal counseling to spiritual aspirants. In India, Swami Prasanatmananda served in various institutions of the Ramakrishna order. In 2011, he was posted to the Vedanta Society of Berkeley, California, where he serves there now as a Assistant Swami. Their website is berkeleyvedanta.org. And for information about the upcoming year long celebration, all the events taking place to celebrate Vivekananda's life, you can visit celebratevivekananda.org. And that's V I V E K A N A N D A.org. Welcome, Swami Prasanatmananda. I'm so delighted you could join us today. 
Good morning, good morning, Yagacharya O'Brien. And um, before we begin our conversation, let's just take a moment to have a centering meditation with our listeners. We open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, one reality called by many names is the source and the substance of all that is. So right now, right where we are, we can become aware that this divine reality is present. It is present as me, as you, as everyone, as everything within us, around us, between us. So let us move our attention from the periphery of awareness into the depths of our own essential nature. Just use your intention to move your attention from the surface into the depths just for a moment, diving within. like a wave moves back into the ocean. Move your awareness into the center of your being. From this place of stillness within, we can witness thoughts and feelings arising and passing away. Become aware of our essential nature that is beyond words and thoughts beyond all change and phenomena. Indeed, it is pure existence being, unmoving, unchanging, birthless, deathless being. Peace continually emanates from our essence of being. Let us invite this peace now to pervade the mental field, our emotional nature, our physical body. Let us abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. We begin our conversation this morning about the life and work and presence of Swami Vivekananda, taking a look at his person and the way in which the divine light um, was seen in him and is perceived still today. His presence at the first World Parliament of Religions in Chicago in 1893 was so powerful that when he simply began his address to those presents by saying, Sisters and brothers of America, thousands rose to their feet in applause. And so, you know, we ask, well, what, what was that that brought that forth? And surely it was the light and the power within him. They were already hearing his message of universal harmony and peace based on the truth of each person's divine soul nature. So we're going to take a look at his own spiritual journey that brought him to America and uh, his spiritual journey that really began in earnest when he met his guru, Sri Ramakrishna. Uh, Swamiji, can you share with us about that important meeting between uh, Sri Ramakrishna and the young man, um, Naran, who would become Swami Vivekananda? Yes, that visit took place in November 1881 in the company of 
Surendranath Mitra and the devotee of Sri Ramakrishna. Uh, but Narendranath heard Sri Ramakrishna's name first from Principal William Hesty of the Scottish Church College in Calcutta, who mentioned Sri Ramakrishna's name as one who passed into ecstasies while explaining the meaning of ecstasy in one of the Wordsworth poem excursion. And that meeting took place in Dakshineshwar, the Kali temple where Sri Ramakrishna lived and in the first meeting Narendranath, young Narendranath, the future Swami Vivekananda asked Sri Ramakrishna, Sir, have you seen God? Without a moment's hesitation, the reply was given, Yes, I have seen God. I see Him as I see you here, only more clearly. God can be seen. One can talk to Him. But who cares about God? So this was the first uh, impression Narendranath got from his Guru. And it was, um, uh, as we read about it, um, it's said to be, in a sense, you know, quite a shock to his system uh, on on many levels. He he was had a very strong intellect, um, a, a very searching mind, and um, if I understand correctly, for a time, you know, he was even a bit agnostic. You know, certainly not wanting to believe in any kind of blind worship, and 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 that's where his question, you know, can you show me God, um, came from because he had such a sincere desire uh, to know the truth, and not simply to have uh, a blind um, belief. And um, right, it was a, this quest of Narendranath for one who had direct experience of God, that brought him finally to Sri Ramakrishna. He asked this question to Maharshi, <coughs> sorry, to Maharshi Devendranath Tagore, the father of Rabindranath. And with this question, have you seen God? Maharshi, <coughs> sorry, was much surprised, but gave no direct answer. <laughs> he said, the characteristics of a yogi are manifest in you. If you practice meditation, you will soon experience the result of it. Mm. But Narendra was uh, disappointed. Mm. But he was not disappointed in his meeting with Sri Ramakrishna. And um, at, at first he was, I think, a little confused because of he had not... Um, encountered such a person of course and uh, and um, the accounts uh, say that uh, Sri Ramakrishna of course recognized uh, Narendranath um, and he and he told him so he took him aside you know took him outside and right. it uh, was actually the period of intellectual struggle when Narendranath met Sri Ramakrishna and he tried to assimilate, he tried to reconcile that such a person, at one time he was totally absorbed in God, and, and, and the, again the next moment he uh, became the normal person. Mm -hmm. mm. And, and he experienced that when Sri Ramakrishna took him aside and shared with him very deep matters of the spirit and recognizing him. And then they came back inside and he continued on his uh, conversation uh, with the others as if that had not occurred. And, and so, uh, it, it, you know, we can see how um, 
the young man was trying to put all of this together, something he had never experienced before. You know, when we study the lives of the great ones like this, I think it's always important to ask, well, what what can we learn about this? And certainly, you know, his life has so much uh, to teach us. Uh, Swamiji, what would you say, you know, starting from the very beginnings of his experiences early in life, his quest for truth, um, his struggles, in a sense, with his own personality, um, and then his meeting with this great soul. What could, what can we learn from this? Another yogi, philosopher, and poet of India, Sri Aurobindo, wonderfully narrated this meeting. Swami Vivekananda surrendered to Sri Ramakrishna as the surrender of an ignorant person to a person of wisdom. It was the surrender of spiritual blind person to a spiritual illumined person. Actually, it has a deep significance. In the first stage, man's spiritual evolution is ethics, which in Vedanta <coughs> terms it Abhuddhaya, the welfare in the social context. At this stage, man is a producer of wealth and social welfare and an enjoyer of delights of social existence in association with his fellow men. At this ethical level, man takes into account not only himself but also others. And then, as Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. The sense-bound man with his time-bound life is not the highest excellence that man is capable of. In religion, man seeks and finds something beyond the world of conditioned existence. After experiencing the pleasure, power and knowledge available in his sense-bound existence, man reaches after the supersensual. That is the line of his further evolution. If he does not proceed in that line, it will not be growth and evolution, but stagnation and death for him. Mm. And so we can witness that kind of evolution in the person of Swami Vivekananda, um, even at the mundane level, um, it is said that as a young man, he had quite a temper and had to deal with his anger. And, and he said that it was his guru, it was Sri Ramakrishna who cured him of his anger. And, right. uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine that that, that fell away in the light of the spiritual awakening that came uh, through that relationship. And we have yes. um, just and a... He put, and, and secondly, he put before the people his own life and that of his master, Sri Ramakrishna, as the illustration and that the embodiment of the philosophy of Vedanta for... The proof of God is not in dogmas or creeds, but in actual experience. The, mm. the spirituality lies in experience, realization. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, what we see and uh, can can read um, through his testimony of his experience and um, and because initially he is grappling with um, many of the doubts and uh, qualities that we all grapple with, it makes it accessible to us to see that this is possible. This uh, spiritual evolution, when when life is um, pointed in the right direction, shall we say? Right. Uh, right. It is. A, it is. A, it is the evolution from the uh, human instinct to the human rationality and from human rationality to spiritual illumination. 
Yes, that is a beautiful place for us to conclude. We're going to take a break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Swami Prasanathmananda. And um, I want to uh, encourage you to go to celebratevivekananda.org to learn about the year-long celebration of the life of Swami Vivekananda celebrating his 150th birth anniversary. We'll be right back with you in a moment. Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature, rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. There is peace. There is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is Swami Prasanatmananda. And we're speaking about Swami Vivekananda in, in light of this year's 150th birth anniversary celebrations. And um, in this segment, we want to talk about 
um, Swami as principle and the truth that was revealed by him. I want to begin with um, just an introduction to his teachings and um, my favorite story about him. Um, Swami Vivekananda said, I have an ideal. I can explain it in a few words, the divinity of mankind and to manifest that divinity in every moment of life. And this is the ideal that is grounded in the teachings of Vedanta, which we'll be talking about. So here's the story. Just to read, uh, of course, the stories about him is to be lifted up and encouraged and inspired to express that divinity. And this story comes from a reminiscence uh, from Ada Ansel. Swamiji's first night at Camp Taylor in Northern California, May 2nd, 1900. I close my eyes and I see him standing there in the soft blackness with sparks from the blazing log fire flying through it and a day-old moon above. He was weary after a long lecture season but relaxed and happy to be there. We end life in the forest, he said, as we begin it, but with a world of experience between the two states. Later, after a short talk, when we were about to have the usual meditation, he said, You may meditate on whatever you like, but I shall meditate on the heart of a lion. That gives me strength. The bliss and power and peace of the meditation that followed could never be described. I love that story because to me uh, it is so encouraging and of course it it exemplifies so much of what I experience when I read the teachings of Swami Vivekananda. Let us talk about what he taught. Um, what is Vedanta? What is the source of its teachings? And how, how can you describe what Vedanta is to our listeners, Swamiji? Uh, the, the, these are the two words. Veda means knowledge. And Anta means the highest. Vedanta therefore stands for the highest knowledge. There are different layers of knowledge. There are many truths. Someone is sitting there. Is true. Jim is sitting there. Is also true. Jim is sitting on the bench there. Is a greater truth. Jim, age 30, is sitting on the bench in the park and reading a book. Is a still greater truth. Evidently, gradations in truth reveal the clarity of comprehension of something. That which is very hazy and unclear is only half true, while that which is perfectly and absolutely clear is the highest truth. Vedanta teaches us the highest truth and nothing short of it. In modern concept, Vedanta is a way of life based on a higher view of reality as pure consciousness, both transcendent and immanent. Vedanta is the integral science of consciousness. Vedanta is the science of spirituality. Thank you so much for that. Um, introduction and sharing with us about Vedanta and in particular this idea about levels of truth which is integral to understanding this philosophy. It's really we're looking at um, truth that can be seen and experienced on different levels. The truth that um, we would say perhaps is factual um, but can change, that is subject to change and that which is unchanging. So we would which have is to... unchanging is called rhythm. In Upanishad it is rhythm. Rhythm. Truth, yeah. Yes, the truth yeah. is uh, is relative and rhythm is the absolute. Yes, so we have relative truth, that which is changeable, 
and absolute truth, that which does not change. And, and of course, the philosophy is about how do we discover this rhythm, this truth that is absolute, which becomes then the, the sure uh, support for for the realized life, does it not? You know, knowing this truth that is unfailing, unconditional, unchanging, how do we come to know that truth? Oh, yes. This is the search. This is the search for, in deep search for the human existence. This is the search for oneness, the absolute. So, this has different practices. And if Vedanta is the philosophical part of it, the principle, then yoga is the practice. So, Vedanta is the principle, yoga is the practice. So, to know this one absolute thing, the existence of being, we have to perform the practice and that is yoga so we are looking for that which we are and it is necessary for us to have a, a practice or various um, ways in order to discover this reality, which is not separate from us, but must be experienced directly. And as you say, this is where yoga comes in as the practice. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. What about this, um, how is God seen in Vedanta? Vivekananda wrote that the God of Vedanta is principle, not person. What did he mean by that? Vedanta says that absolute is not in the form. It is the formless. So in absolute that is formless, that is the principle. And in relative, that is God. That Brahman, which is called Brahman, the one absolute in Vedanta, that in relative becomes God. Different mm. God and goddesses are there. Mm. So mm. it has form. So absolute is formless and attributeless. But in relative, the same absolute becomes form with form and with attributes. This is, what, this is what made it possible, I understand, that when devotees would come to Sri Ramakrishna, he would ask them, how would you like to talk about God, with qualities or without? Yes. <laughs> so so it, it is all all possible. I, I have a quote from Swami Vivekananda saying, God is the infinite, impersonal being, ever-existent, unchanging, immortal, fearless, and you are all his incarnations, his embodiments. Yeah. This is the God of Vedanta, and his heaven is everywhere. Yes. <laughs> and so there is, in this philosophy, we have both the Transcendent, absolute, and immanent, and yes. eminent, right? Yes, yes, right where we are, which, which has us understand our own, our own nature as divine. Yes, it says that uh, you you cannot find God anywhere but within you. God is not far, but God is near and with you, within you. This is the principal teachings of Vedanta. And it is truly why yoga, the practices are necessary. I, I certainly remember in my own life 
that I had heard those teachings, you know, that God is within, but I had no idea from traditional religion of how to find God within. I didn't know how to quiet the mind um, to be able to get beyond, you know, thinking about God, to be able to experience the essential nature, you know, beyond thought. Yes. It is, it is, it is nothing. The, the concept is that, that after realization, we do not gain something. Nothing will come from outside. It is there. Just for example, if the uh, lake is there, and the lake is muddy, the water is muddy, you cannot see the bottom of the lake. But if you allow the water at rest, and then everything, you can see after some time, the bottom of the lake. So that is the work, that is the process. If we allow our mind a little calm, quiet, then we can slowly go deeper and deeper to the depth of our consciousness. Mm. So meditation is a primary tool for yes. realization and um, also um, I think study um, is important, uh, the study of the scriptures and uh, in particular in Vedanta, the Upanishads, are um essential part of your study can can you tell us a little bit about vedanta and the relationship to the upanishads and perhaps other scriptures that are yes. important? the vedanta the practice the spiritual practice in vedanta they say that in sanskrit sravana manana and nididhyasana the listening to the scripture then reflect it. First listen to the scripture, then reflect it. Reflect the principles. Then meditate on it. So this is the principle. So why we should read Upanishads or scripture? We should read Upanishads or scripture because to remove the ignorance. Because the one, I, the eternal, that is covered with, by the ignorance. So if we read it, the ignorance will be removed. And what is there, it will come up. Sri Ramakrishna gave a very good example, the example of onion. If we peel the scales of the onion, what you will find at last? Nothing is there. What is there? That is that. So this is the concept of uh, Vedanta. That only to remove the ignorance. And what is there, it is already exist. So which is already exist, that will manifest. Swami Vivekananda said in his words, the manifestation of the potential divinity. So this is the manifestation of the potential divinity. If we remove the coverings, it will manifest automatically. Mm. And so, in, in terms of our study of scripture, it is not a matter simply of reading words and believing, but no. one must meditate upon mm. what is read until it becomes direct experience. Right. There are some very important sayings in um, Vedanta, the um, great sayings, the Mahavakyas that people meditate upon. Perhaps you can share one or two of those sayings with us. One is uh, one is Aham Brahmashmi. Actually, the four Vedas are there, and each Vedas has their own Mahavakyas, and uh, one of that is Aham Brahmashmi, and uh, one is Tat. Thou art that. Aham Brahmasmi. I am that. I am Brahman. So this, these are the uh, Mahavakyas, the formulas, the one formulas, the 
main essence of that particular vedas so that is the focus so if one meditate on that particular formula particular uh, skeptical uh, concept that is the way we should understand that aham brahmasmi we should ponder on that reflect on that and then we should meditate on that mm. so that is the process vedanta mm. prescribed and to be meditating on i am that i am that essential truth unchanging divine reality so on and so forth it's also um a medicine isn't it swamiji because so often our our thought you know driven by ego you know we are thinking um I am the roles that I play, I am the personality, I am the things that I have, you know, we and so these statements to meditate on I am that or I am that supreme consciousness, I am Brahman, the highest truth. Um it, it is like um you know in science class as a child you know when you could put the little drop of a chemical into the water that would clear it up these um mahavakyas have i think a similar way of clarifying consciousness from the the error thoughts that are generated from uh ego identity the sense that we are separate from the source and that these right. great things can can clarify our consciousness right the 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 role of witness the role of witness that everything is impermanent and role of witness we can just see it we are not participating with the events we are just watching it the observer just the witness so this sense will come that is beautiful um to think of that meditating on truth meditating on the truth of our being one of the gifts the great sayings great teaching of vedanta meditate on I am supreme consciousness. I am Brahman. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with today's special guest Swami Prasannathmananda and uh, we are talking about the life and teachings and presence of Swami Vivekananda leading up to the year-long celebration of his of the 150th anniversary of his birth there will be events uh, happening all year long to learn more about them go to celebratevivekananda.org and uh, there you will find out and uh, on saturday in oakland will be the inaugural event and again that's at celebratevivekananda.org we'll be right back with you in just a moment You have a coach in your corner, a life coach that is. Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful. and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. What if you were intentional about your life? committed to having more energy and being more vibrant join reverend temple hayes senior minister of first unity at unity campus in st petersburg florida as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life 
empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Swami Prasanatmananda. We're speaking about the life and teachings of Swami Vivekananda, especially as we have entered now 2013, the uh, year of the 150th anniversary of his birth. I want to begin this last segment with a reading from Swami Vivekananda that to me carries uh, the kind of energy that I feel when I read his inspiration. This selection is called Sleep No More. And it begins uh, as we began the show. My ideal indeed can be put into a few words, and that is to preach unto mankind their divinity and how to make it manifest in every movement of life. One idea that I can see clear as daylight is that misery is called is caused by ignorance and nothing else. Who will give the world light? Who will give the world light? Buddhas by the hundred are necessary with eternal love and pity. Religions of the world have become lifeless mockeries. What the world wants is character. The world is in need of those whose life is one burning love, selfless. That love will make every word tell like thunderbolt. Bold words and bolder deeds are what we want. Awake, awake, great ones. The world is burning with misery. Can you sleep? So this is the kind of rousing call to awaken not, of course, simply for one's own self, but to awaken that all may be free from sorrow and misery. This is the call that we receive from Swami Vivekananda. Um, Swamiji, what do you see as the potential for our lives and really, you know, for our world that can come from this spiritual awakening that Swami Vivekananda calls us to? Uh, Actually, the traditional Vedanta stresses the transcendental aspect of oneness, whereas Swami Vivekananda stressed both transcendental and the immanent, both aspects of oneness. And according to him, the transformation comes by the manifestation of the potential divinity of the soul. This is a unique interpretation of Vedanta in the light of yoga propounded by Swami Vivekananda. So it is the evolution the evolution of human consciousness into the divine consciousness, whereas ordinary human life is the struggle for the transformation of animal consciousness into human consciousness, animal instinct, human reason, and spiritual illumination are the three stages of evolution of life. The ultimate aim and purpose of all the spiritual practice 
is to enable a person to transcend the limitations of the senses and mind and gain direct supersensuous experience of the ultimate reality. The process of transcendence has been conceived in different ways. Removal of ignorance, God's self-revelation, etc. Actually, this evolution is differ, differs from ordinary biological evolution in three ways. Evolution is, as pointed out by Darwin, a struggle for existence. But this spiritual illumination is a struggle for higher consciousness. Evolution affects only the body and mind, that is Prakriti. But this spiritual evolution is the manifestation of Atman, pure, unchanging consciousness. General evolution is slow, but this spiritual evolution is the speeding up evolution. So it is a kind of a revolution. So this kind of thing is conservation, concentration and sublimation of psychic energy known as prana. So this is the process Swami Vivekananda taught. So human has uh, four main capacities or faculties of human beings. These are cognition, the thinking, volition, the willing, affection or cognition, the feeling and the work. So these spiritual practices are the process of developing one faculty or aspect of personality. But Swamiji suggested the synthesis. So it is not the practice of little of one thing, but it is the combination of synthesis of all the faculties. Then what it will happen it will manifest the potential divinity of the soul and the union of individual self with the cosmic self. As this process takes place, it brings about transformation of consciousness from human consciousness to the divine consciousness. It happens in three stages. Purification, awakening of the individual self, and seeing the Supreme Self in all people. Now, purification. The freedom from instinctual drives to the strong emotional impulses is known as purification. Awakening of the individual self. The awakening of the individual self can be attained through any of the four practices or by synthesis of them. And Swamiji clearly described it in his famous Raja Yoga. Then the last is the seeing the Supreme Self in all. This is the divinization of ordinary human life, a revolutionary change from animal instinct to the divine illumination. It is the union between the individual self with the Supreme Self. It manifests in our day-to-day -day life as well as in higher transcendental experience. Swamiji, thank you so much for that description of this spiritual transformation. Um, and especially to think about this change that came through uh, Swami Vivekananda, this, in a sense, um, revitalization, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, illumination of Vedanta, 
so that it becomes practical for our world. It is not simply about transcending the world, but it is about bringing the divine light into it. And right. this and, this is transforming. And, uh, and uh, uh, wonderfully explained by Margaret Noble, one of the disciples of Swami Vivekananda. Afterwards, she took the name Sixta Nivedita. Beautifully, she explained it. She says, It many and the one be indeed the same reality, because absolute is one and relative are many. So she said, If many and the one be indeed the same reality, then it is not all modes of worship alone, but equally all modes of work, all modes of struggle, all modes of creation, which are path of realization. No distinction henceforth between sacred and secular. To labor is to pray. So life itself is spiritual. So every moment is spiritual. So that, that is, is the transformation. That is the beautiful place for us to conclude. And I thank you, Swamiji, for joining us today on the Yoga Hour. To learn more about the upcoming programs for the 150th birth celebration of Swami Vivekananda, starting with the inaugural event in Oakland this Saturday, visit celebrativivekananda.org. I'll be back with you next week with special guest Swami Nirvanananda, who will be joining us from Italy to talk about the Divine Song, how divine love is expressed through devotion and service. For information about programs or events at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit our website, csecenter.org. And remember to share the Yoga Hour with others through Facebook. I look forward to being with you next time. Until then, let your inner light shine into the world and remember to share your divine peace and joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Bye, Swamiji. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, 
you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 